Dave, I'm not even going to, I don't even know if I can bring you in because that is just a great song. Right. Fontella Bass doing oh Rescue Me. Oh, my God. I love that song. Dave Wilson, Bloomberg Stocks uh, So you just want to listen to it some more? <laughs> well, maybe, maybe Anybody want to argue? <laughs> maybe they'll work that out later in the booth. So all right. Speak, it sets yeah. up your chart of the day. What's in going any on? case, it's all about energy stock investors needing a rescue of sorts. You look at what's going on this year, and you really see that uh, the group has taken uh, a bit of a beating. The S&P 500 Energy Index down about 13.5%, and contrast that with the S&P 500, which is up almost 10.5%, and you can see just how bad it's been. Or you can look at a ratio between the two, and that's what uh, Luthold Group's Jim Paulson, their chief investment strategist, uh, did earlier in the week. And uh, he took total return versions of the indexes, so you know dividends get taken into account. And the ratio between the energy stocks and the S&P 500 on that basis hit its lowest level since January 2004. Four. So you're going back 13 and a half years with that comparison. So the question is, what rescues the energy stocks and, by extension, their investors? And Paulson points to what's going on with the dollar, which mm -hmm. makes sense because, after all, you think about oil and other uh, energy commodities, they're priced in dollars. So it stands to reason if the U.S. currency is falling in value, then uh, oil and, and uh, other uh, forms of energy get cheaper and perhaps there's more demand. In any case, Paulson looked at the U.S. dollar index, and what the chart does is basically uh, inverts that uh, particular indicator. So, you know, you get the idea of energy stocks going up when the dollar goes down, and this dollar index is down close to 10% uh, for the year. So he's looking at that and saying this ought to be a plus for these stocks, and the chart goes back to 2010, and you can see a fairly close relationship on that basis. If you want to know more, folks, send me an email. I'll get you the chart, the explanation that goes with it, and everything I do going forward. The email address is dwilson at bloomberg.net. That's dwilson at bloomberg.net. You know, I think if it continues, that weaker dollar is going to be an interesting story for the remaining part of the year. I think it's already been a story, but uh, in terms of what it means for earnings and revenues and so on. Absolutely. I mean, for U.S., seen, in particular for U.S. products. Absolutely. I mean, with the second quarter results that have come out, it's clear that uh, the currency has become what analysts might call a tailwind for a whole lot of companies. The question is, how much further does it go and how much more broadly does it, in fact, extend to the energy producers? All right. Uh, Dave Wilson, Stocks Editor, Bloomberg News, with his chart of the day. Carver Cadana also with us, Chief U.S. Economist at Bloomberg Intelligence. Whew, there was a lot of data today. Do you well, care about any of it? Well, uh, the, the focus is uh, all about tomorrow's jobs report. Right. So uh, we're watching the data, but uh, definitely watching it with an eye towards uh, tomorrow. But uh, I'll say the key data out today was uh, the non-manufacturing ISM figures, uh, service sector ISM, mm -hmm. as a lot of folks call it. Uh, and that showed uh, still healthy readings, but a pretty significant uh, downshift uh, relative to the uh, prior couple, couple of months. And in fact, if we look at that headline number, it was down about three and a half points. Uh, that was the biggest month-to-month uh, deceleration we have seen since the Great Recession. Now, ordinarily, such a move would uh, raise some uh, flags and get us to be concerned about growth prospects. Uh, but I think what's happening here is just the reconciliation of the hard and soft data, which we've been talking mm -hmm. about uh, so much. Uh, after the election, uh, and especially after Inauguration Day, we saw a lot of the the soft data, and by soft data, I mean uh, sentiment-esque 
data, whether it's business sentiment surveys, consumer sentiment, et cetera, et cetera, home builders even. Right. Uh, all of those surveys have been on a tear uh, upward. Uh, and the hard data, the, the actual data you can measure, like factory orders or uh, job creation, uh, has not improved to the same degree. So the soft data picks up dramatically. Uh, the hard data continues plodding along like it has for much of the past eight years. Uh, I think what we're seeing now is some reconciliation between the two. Uh, and it's not that the, the, the hard data is uh, weakening by any means. It's just the soft data is coming back down to uh, levels consistent with an economy meandering along at two, two and a half percent growth. So not concerned, even though you said it was not the reason biggest for decline. A, a big pullback. But yeah. when we take it in the perspective of okay. what's happened over the last 12 months, it's yeah, you have to kind of shrug uh, your shoulders, so um, to speak. Tomorrow's jobs report, what do we need to be watching for? I mean, we're always looking for wage growth. Um, what's important? I mean, it's always an important report, but anything in particular? Always an important report. Uh, I think uh, we should focus on uh, a couple of uh, aspects. So one is the wage pressures. Are they emerging yet? And I suspect the answer is no. If I've we look, seen this movie before. Yeah, we've seen this movie many times before. Uh, and if we look to uh, last uh, Friday, we had the Employment Cost Index, and uh, that tends to correlate with this uh, average hourly earnings series that everyone watches in the jobs data. And if anything, that was starting to lose a little bit of uh, momentum. So it's telling you the wage pressures are not imminently uh, showing up in the jobs data. Uh, what I'm going to be focusing on is uh, the uh, inc the collective income generated uh, in the economy, or uh, aggregate earnings, as we call it, mm -hmm. uh, because that's going to tell us if uh, consumers are going to have the wherewithal uh, to support the economy at a 2.5% pace in the back half of the year, right? The, the elusive 3% growth number that uh, President Trump had talked about on the campaign trail. Uh, if we're going to hit 3% or better on the growth front, uh, we have to look to the core engine of economic growth to provide that, and that's going to be household spending. Uh, it hasn't been there yet, uh, but we'll watch to see that, uh, that income trend. Especially if you don't have wage growth. You need the wage growth to get there, basically. Right. Uh, Dave Wilson, markets, equity markets, what are they setting up for? Well, I mean, when you consider that we've been seeing records in the S&P 500 and the Dow and the NASDAQ, it really tells you that uh, people are going to want to see something positive out of uh, the economic reports. I mean, that said, you know, we, we've seen sort of the global economy doing much better, and that's been a benefit for companies, especially, as you were mentioning earlier, uh, with, with the weaker dollar, uh, in many cases, benefiting them. So it's really just a matter of, is there anything in the jobs numbers that kind of moves away from that scenario at all? So that that's become something to watch. All right. Well, it should be another uh, fun day, entertaining day. Looking forward to it, Carl. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm going to focus on uh, Fed funds futures and see how the market reacts. If we get a little bit of a cool report or not much inflation numbers, then uh, people are really going to doubt whether the Fed can deliver a rate increase before year end. Steady as she goes. Dave Wilson, stocks editor at Bloomberg News, along with Carl Rigadana, our chief U.S. economist at Bloomberg Intelligence, our in-house group of analysts, right here in our Bloomberg 1130 studio in New York.